I want it, your it, boots it, and your <laughs> jacket. <laughs> is that the Cornish face to the Terminator? <laughs> my best, that was my best possible scene. I want your boots and your jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Joel. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. And just like Bob Saget, we have a full house. Welcome <laughs> back, Joel and Ozzy. I don't uh, understand that joke, to be honest. Somebody will. Somebody will listen to this episode <laughs> and will, and that's who we're doing it for. So that one's for you, one listener. Uh, anyway, this week is a continuation of our Arnold Schwarzenegger month, and we're putting the 2015 action sci-fi Terminator Genesis on trial. Should it be back, or should it hasta la vista? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, I've got a lot to work with. Aren't they more or less the same thing? essentially we're going to find out if this film will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list now before we go on our last film on trial was raw deal which i judged and deemed that it should be placed on the shit list somehow i don't know i don't know how i came to that decision but i'm gonna say peer pressured into making Maybe a wrong judgment. We'll find out. I've since gone away and watched the film. Did I make the, the right call? I don't think it did. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm not a good judge of what's a good film or not, which is why I host a, a film podcast. <laughs> Specifically... Wherein we determine whether a film is good or not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I was watching it and like, waiting for it to get shit, and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm Gav, quite enjoying Gav, this. It gets shit from the, literally from the exact first minute it begins. <laughs> like, what... What did you like about Raw Deal? Even oh, Dave doesn't like Raw Deal. Yeah, I've got. I was defending that, and I'm quite happy to see my clients sent down for life. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, it, it, like it wasn't Running Man. I'll give you that, but it was good. Like, I what mean, does so that it mean? That is that mean? Like... <laughs> Running Man is a measuring stick for how good a film is, and like uh, that, okay. Running Man is the very, very top. Very <laughs> right, bottom. Okay, isn't Raw Deal? I'll tell you that much. But you know, it was. I thought it was all right. It, it wasn't great, but. It wasn't bad either. I mean, I didn't get bored while I was watching it. And uh, I, I did, as you said, absolutely love the moment where the police chief is shot. And he's like, oh, Harry. And he's like, oh, it's, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I've been I know. shot. It's fine. <laughs> I, did wa- I did rewatch that about 15 times. Yeah, I can't believe that you, you all missed out the bit where his wife is completely smashed at like three o'clock in the afternoon, <laughs> yeah. a big sort of cake with shit written on it and then throws it down. <laughs> <laughs> that for me was like the highlight of the entire Arnold Schwarzenegger season so far. <laughs> anyway, uh, now onto the trial. All of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random. So acting in defense and trying to get this film placed on the hit list will be me and Joel. I'm a little bit like Arnie's character, Julius from Twins a tall, accident-prone optimist who probably has a secret sibling out there running around. <laughs> and Joel is just like Arnie's character, Harry, in True Lies. A boring computer worker by day, 
and that's where the comparison ends. <laughs> <laughs> and acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list will be Alex and Ozzy. Alex is just like Arnie's character, Ben Richards, in The Running Man. He spends a lot of time in a onesie and hates popular culture that everybody else loves. <laughs> and Ozzy is just like Arnie's character, Mr. Freeze, from Batman and Robin. He dresses exuberantly. He looked good when he was bald. And he tells awful jokes that we're all too polite not to laugh at. Um, that's, that's not true, actually, because I didn't laugh at any of your jokes. Um, I was going to say, it's very rare that anybody actually laughs. Yeah. <laughs> Quickly out of this five. <laughs> now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though, so do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their real thoughts. Which means this week, Dave will be the judge. Dave is just like Arnie's character, Howard, from Jingle All The Way. Overworked, he has problems with his next-door neighbor, and he doesn't like anybody else eating his cookies, which I found <laughs> out the hard way. It's all true. <laughs> now, Dave must decide which list this film should be placed on, the hit or the shit, based solely on the arguments put to him, and not using his own opinion. Now, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is about. So let me spin the wheel of impressions. And it's landed on Dave. Uh, so How many what, times has it landed on me? Well, I haven't been here. You know what? A couple, couple of times. A <laughs> couple of times. Yeah, Dave. And how many times during Arnie month have you done an Arnie impression? <laughs> Every single time. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're going to keep continue with it right now. <laughs> I will at every given opportunity. Yeah. Uh, Dave, like, we're going to ask you yeah. to read off the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast of characters. I think we all know who we want it to be read off. <laughs> yeah, I was afraid of. you'd say that. You know, I, 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 I had a look at the IMDb blurb for this one. To say, like, you know, just in case it lands on me, how good is my Arnold Schwarzenegger? The answer is not good. <laughs> really not good. So, How's your Amelia Clark, Dave? Um, yeah, I'll stick with Arnie. <laughs> okay, so, so give, give us a blast, Gav. Come on, and give us give us a blast of Arnie. Get me in the get me okay. in the frame of mind for it. Get to the chopper! <laughs> Come on! I like it. I like it. Okay, so when John Connor, leader of the human resistance, sends Sergeant Kyle Reese back to 1984 to protect Sarah Connor and safeguard the future, an unexpected turn of events creates a fractured timeline. That's fantastic. Very good. That was, that was a lot better than mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought that was, that was pretty good, to be honest. Maybe, fair, maybe that practice paid off. Yeah, bit of Bella <laughs> Lugosi at the end coming in. But apart yeah, from I, that, I, I thought I went a bit Werner Herzog. <laughs> I could hear myself going Werner Herzog. Yeah, it was a bit of Werner. <laughs> I like Willem Dafoe playing Nosferatu. In that <laughs> that we did. Um, a bit of a twist of Oscar the Grouch in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. You know, it's not an impression unless you can get a Muppet in there somehow. And, and Dave is a method actor and he looks like he's been living in a bin for the past couple of weeks. It's, as well, true. So. it's true. It all helps. <laughs> now, I, um, I've just remembered that you are the judge for this one, so I probably should have been too heavily. Yes, so without further ado, trial starts now. <laughs> Okay, thanks, Dave. <laughs> okay, so Terminator Genesis. I know it's a sequel to the Terminator films. I kind of stopped watching after Terminator 3 because I got burned by that. I love the first two Terminator films. Didn't care for 3. Stopped watching. So you might have to update me. Was there a film before Genesis after Terminator yes. 3? I think there was. Yeah, you might have to update me with a little bit of context. I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. 
Uh, but I know next to nothing about Terminator Genesis. I don't even know what the reviews were like when it came out. So this is genuinely up for grabs. This is anyone's game. Who would like to kick me off on this? Gav, I see your hands raised. Take me away. Yeah. Well, just to say that the reviews were overwhelmingly positive. I think it won okay. about six Oscars. I, including I don't know what that was. So I will six say that Oscars. six Oscars. Yeah, it, yeah, but I will say that you are right. There was a film in between the third one and this one, and that was Terminator Salvation, but it essentially is disregarded. That This is a sequel to pretty much Terminator 2 and maybe a little bit of Terminator 3 thrown in there as well. This is very mind-bendy and time-travelly, but I think that it's it's probably the best Terminator sequel post-Terminator 2, which I know isn't really saying much. Oh, I know. It's <laughs> but... a very, very, very <laughs> deep drop-off after Terminator yeah. 2, isn't it? <laughs> no. but, well, I, might even, I might even concede to the defence here that this is definitely the best um, other than Terminator 1 and 2, this is probably the best uh, Terminator. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is. <laughs> I make no such concession. <laughs> I think this Apart is from my right honourable right <laughs> co-prosecution. It's, it's like saying, oh, it's the best case of food poisoning that ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm joking. But I, but I will yeah. say that it gives a really good insight into life post-Judgment Day. I think it definitely gives the best sort of overview as as to what happens after Judgment Day than any of the other films do. Um, so uh, just a bit of a context. It starts in 2029 and a John Connor-led resistance is on the brink of ending the war against the machines. Uh, while the resistance is engaging in the final battle, Connor takes his right-hand man, Cal Reese, and a small group to stop Skynet's contingency plan, which, as we know from the original two films, is to send a Terminator back to 1984 to kill Sarah Connor, John's mother, resulting in John never being born and Skynet never being defeated. Now, similar to the 1984 original, Connor sends Reese back to 1984 to protect his mother, but just before Reese is transported, he sees Connor being attacked by a Terminator. Now, this event drastically alters the timeline. There's a glitch in the sort of timeline, and Reese, when he does arrive back in 1984, he finds a T-1000 Terminator waiting for him, and a warrior like Sarah Connor and her own guardian T-800 Terminator are there to rescue him. In this timeline, however, all three heroes must travel to 2017 to destroy Genesis, a computer operating system which links up everything in your life, your home, your phone, your car, etc., but will also Trojan horse Skynet into millions of homes across the world and create Judgment Day. So, yeah, I've, I've condensed a, a two-hour film into a minute summary there, but... Uh, yeah, Sounds that, good when it's only a minute long, doesn't it? it sounds <laughs> <intense>. <laughs> okay, so that's I've all, got... That's a, all I've got, but it sounds really good. <laughs> <if you made laughs> it, it, it sounds all right, yeah. So we've got, we got elements of time travel. I mean, all of the Terminator films concern time travel, so I'm not too put off by that. Uh, there is the risk of that always getting a little convoluted, but it, it sounds promising. You know, I've I've always considered... Uh, Skynet, you know, when we talk about new technology coming in, and you know, the, uh, the particularly with Apple, I always refer to it as Skynet. So this is this <laughs> my, my prophecy is coming true. This film is just <laughs> for you, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to say the uh, the prosecution are going to disagree with some of these assessments, Alex. Yeah, I mean, you know, Gav said it said like you know the timeline and stuff like that. It's just needlessly complex. It's not intelligent. This isn't like an intelligent look at time travel or a clever plot it's just a complicated plot and that's the that's the key it's just way over complicated because it just keeps throwing 
next thing and next thing and next thing. You know, Gav was saying, you know, they start off in 2029. They send Kyle Reese back, um, who's played by Jai Courtney. I'm sure we'll get into cast later, but you know, you're like, right, that's John Connor, Jai Courtney's Kyle Reese. You're like, okay, but what about the actual, right, okay, you know, this guy's just Kyle Reese now. Okay, we'll just go with that. Then he's sent back. And then Sarah Connor comes along, played by Amelia Clark, and she's like, and then she opens the door and she says the thing of, come with me if you want to live. And you're like, ah, very good. Well done. That's Terminator again. And then that would be a fine, at that point, you're sort of with the film, but that's very early on. And then they jump to 2017 because there's something that happens with Matt Smith, who has made something happen. And then Joel's disguise is just completely thrown. Paul's put on face that thing where he's basically the hamburger. <laughs> and it has thrown me a little off my, uh, off my argument. I'll be honest. I'll, this I'll is try what all to continue. The best I know, I know, I know. I, I, <laughs> I, How I many hamburgers do you think you have to put up with in court? <laughs> no, I know. I'm not a trained solicitor. I, I know this is what these guys train many years. <laughs> the, 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 other, the other side putting on funny disguises and making you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so, but it just keeps, so the film just keeps going on and on and then more complicated and more convoluted. And then the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Not because it's interesting to make it complicated, because the right the writers just didn't know how not to make it complicated. Just because it's easier to just say the next thing's happening now and they're moving here and they're moving here and the new and your new set and it's just you're moving from set piece to set pieces. Uh, you know, we'll go into the action later. So it's not intelligent. It's not fun, and it's just it's it's an, it's unintelligible. I'm sure if you sat down and Gav, you know, I'm sure probably knows the plot and could explain it all to me. But as you're watching it, I, I just didn't understand at all what was going on. And I'd say the central problem is what a lot of like franchises that begin well with timelines and then end up just going to guff. Uh, and I'd say like maybe Star Trek is the same on this and, and other ones that introduce this, a new timeline to sort of reinvent the franchise, which is what they're trying to do here. Is You lose that central timeline. So the first film is in a timeline and then you've got Terminator 2. And I know there's a little bit of you know messing about with time in it but it's not too much but you get to this one where we're in a completely new timeline where sarah connor's a badass who has a terminator who's been looking after the entire time you've no idea why that's never explained there's a lot of loose threads that the film doesn't mean to leave on uh, tied but just doesn't just doesn't bother to to tie them off and so you lose that central timeline so you sort of just don't care because you're like well I'm in this timeline, but there's another timeline. And I suppose the next film could be in another timeline. And it doesn't really matter anymore. I don't really... So, so you sort of lost that, the importance of actually being in a timeline that matters because anything could happen. And it's not, it's not because they want to make a, a clever film about time travel. It's because they want to make action set pieces. And so they'll just write whatever guff they need to to get you to the next set piece. Okay. Pretty damning stuff. Uh, before I go to Joel, Gav, I see your hands raised. Uh, just to bring us back alex is saying that the film's pretty much unintelligible it's it's not clever it's just complex uh and overly so um it's not even fun anymore it's you know they've just basically rehashed the old timelines for the sake of including some action set pieces gav what have you got to say about that i disagree i think the beginning it lays out exactly what it's it's going to do starts in 2029 sends them back to 1984 and then, you know, this this ripple happens and the timeline is altered. But as the film goes on, we find out that, yeah, it, it, this isn't the same timeline as they expected. Judgment Day was always going to be 1997. However, because the timeline has been altered, 
Skynet has evolved and instead of coming about in 1997, it's going to happen in 2017 instead. Um, what? Like, why didn't it happen in 1997? Well, because because the, the timeline has been completely altered. Like, so what, what? we find out but later... Why? How did, who who but, altered it and why? But, but what we find out later on is uh, through Matt Smith's character, who is essentially like the personification of Skynet, we find out later on that Skynet essentially wants to be human. Uh, and I find that like a really interesting concept. And it captures, spoiler alert, captures John Connor. So when we see him getting grabbed by a Terminator, what happens is what Skynet wants essentially is to mesh human and machine together as one. So they create the ultimate Terminator in John Connor. So he has all of his old memories and all of his old traits and characteristics, but essentially with the advancements of being part machine. And that alters the timeline then because John Connor it doesn't matter whether they kill him or not. So what they do instead, because as the film goes on, you find out that the revolution is going to be led by Sarah Connor and Carl Reese, is they send a Terminator back to 1974 or whenever it was to try and kill Sarah Connor as a young child. So they send it back to when she's nine years old. And what they do is the same as Terminator 2, is they also send a T-800 back to protect her. And essentially that T-800 ends up because her family are killed there and then, and the T-800 ends up raising Sarah Connor. And that's what we find out later on. So that's why the events have changed. And also, you know, it's a it's a commentary about the technological advancements over the past, you know, 30 years or 40 years or whenever it's been since the Terminator came out. And technology is vastly different since then. Having a social commentary about Apple and the sort of interconnectivity of everything and, you know, how like with Siri or Alexa or whatever, every part of our, every every device that we have, it's all linked together. And <laughs> Alex. <laughs> no, it's not my fault. I can't, I can't, I can't I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm struggling to keep up. With Although this. Alex isn't wearing a handbag with disguise, he's what not. he's doing with his face is, is probably just as disgusting. <laughs> Caricature and silly. <laughs> no, so, right, so there's a ripple in the timeline and the events have shifted. So instead of it being 1984, 1991, and 1997, the events <laughs> from Terminator 1, 2, and 3, now we have three different times. Uh, and that, that's fine. That's all you need to know. The three not different gonna times. Lie. My head hurts. <laughs> uh, You're not listening, Dave. Over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go over to, to Joel, who's wearing a unicorn hat <laughs> at this point in time. I'm disappointed, Joel. The last disguise made you look like Huey from The Fun Loving Criminals. <laughs> <laughs> Should have kept that going. Uh, Joel, what do you think? Are you, you on Gab's side on this one? It's hard to say. Like the way the way you are, by the way, you are the way I kind of understood all this is that like it's an alternate timeline. It's not a sequel to Terminator One and Two. This is like a whole alternate timeline. So like one and two happen in like a different timeline or something like that. I don't know. Um, so what happened previously, you know, just disregard it. It's like a completely fresh film. So and the reason I watch Terminator is to you know, have a look at the exciting action. I, I'm not bothered too much about the story. Never have been. Um, you know, the story from one and two are, are very, very simple. You know, the, a Terminator is either ki- there to kill somebody or look after somebody. And that's essentially what happens here. But they try and maybe complicate it a little bit just by, like, saying there's different timelines. And 
like when they change one thing in the past, like Skynet turns into Doctor Genesis. Who. Yeah, Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like this is all about the action, and this has got loads of it. The the story is just there to kind of push the characters along through the set pieces, and that's all you want in a Terminator film, and that's essentially all you need. Like there's explosions, there's um, big guns, you know. When I think of Terminator, I always used to think of, you know, Arnie with the big minigun. And there's essentially, you know, that times 10 in in, a mo- in these kind of modern films. There's 10 miniguns. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I wish there was 10 miniguns, but, you know, the, the special effects are obviously updated. You know, you've got um, better cine- cinematography and things like that. You know, Terminator, the original, obviously, um, was one of Cameron's first films. And he didn't have much budget and all that type of thing. This is just bigger, badder, better. I think they learned from the mistakes of, you know, the previous Terminator films, like 3. And I don't even know if the other one was Terminator 4 or whatever. But um, I think they learned from those and tried to make it more action-orientated. Maybe make you care about the characters a little bit. You know, at least you do care if, like, you know, Sarah Connor survives. And having Amelia Clark player, I think, was... Um, a good decision because obviously she was at like the height of her fame with Game of Thrones at that time, and obviously Matt Baker with the uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt Baker, Baker. <laughs> <laughs> one show. He's great in it. It's honestly you wouldn't think it's it's not a strength. Uh, <laughs> he plays the new Terminator. <laughs> yeah, Matt Baker from the one show was excellent in it. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I want you to expand on this, Ozzy, because I've not heard much from you yet. You know, it's, it, it sounds complicated, but well, you know, you what? know Joel, Joel it, says it, that doesn't really matter. It is complicated, but you're not there to keep track of the plot. You're there to enjoy the ride. Is, is you know this what? true? It, 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 it's exactly, it, it's exactly that. That's the whole point. Is that, that I think they just tried to pick out all of the key scenes from, say, like Terminator One, Two, and Three, um, and then drop pops, um, Khaleesi, and. Uh, and whatever the other guy's name is in Matt Baker, yeah, Matt Baker. Yeah. So, so you get the one show, Game of Thrones, and, and, uh, and, and, um, and Kindergarten Cop. Just throw them in to like the the fame, like essentially famous scenes of Terminator One, Two, and Three. It kind of I felt is like you're just going to go for big, big action pieces, and I, you know, and in some ways that's fine. But the bits that to try and get you to that, like it, it just it just jumps around quite a lot, even from the start. You know, I think up until about. 28 30 minutes in i was like oh you know what maybe i'm gonna maybe i'm gonna enjoy this on you know and i'm gonna 28 to 30 minutes in yeah because it was was around about that time when uh arnold schwarzenegger says to uh sarah connor you're gonna have to sleep with him because it's he's doesn't say it in those words does he He says something (laughs) almost exactly he says something along the lines of you don't need to love him you just need to sleep with him you must mate Is it a rom-com? Like, what the... F- is it a rom-com with explosions? What's, like, are we going to have to <laughs> deal with all that shit through this now as well? Like, this little... Oh, she doesn't love him, and eventually she does love him. Sort of crap. And, you know, so it's wrestling with these other little storylines, which I think, you know, maybe you could have done if if they were clever. Like, if if the whole piece had maybe just been thought out a little bit better, the timeline's a bit better, a bit easier to follow. But when you're trying to follow that, plus character development with the knowledge that these characters are completely different to what we've seen previously, like that everyone's essentially a badass warrior in, in this. And, and they definitely weren't in Terminator one and two, mm-hmm. you know, like there was a bit of peril in 
one and two essentially because at any moment you felt like the terminators were you know vastly overpowered so people could die and they had to be really clever to to survive i didn't feel that in any way within this there was just yeah a real lack of peril and drama for some you know for for want of a better word it was yeah there was action sequences but they weren't they, there was no real investment from me okay. I can, and i think that's a bit of a shame because it could have been yeah i think it could have been invested easily invested you know terminator mm-hmm. 2 is basically just an action fest but you but you care about the characters you know okay yeah that's the same with this well, is it? <laughs> I'm saying it's not. <laughs> I'm literally telling you that it's not the same. Thing. I've I've heard court cases go this way. <laughs> it is, is it? <laughs> yeah, actually, it oh yeah. I disagree. <laughs> um, okay, so the action I'm getting here. You know, Joel mentioned that the CGI is is good as you would expect. You know, this is always going to have the budget. It's, it was made in uh, 2015, was it, I think? Uh, so it's it's relatively recent. The CGI's got to be good. That'll help the action sequences along. I want to hear about the action, you know, and, and you can bring CGI into that as well. This is an action film. And if it's true that, you know, we can disregard the plot to a degree because the action will make up for it, and that's what everyone tuned in for, then tell me about it. I want to I wanna hear action. Alex? Uh, Ozzy's dead on. There's no threat here, so the action's going to be quite boring. The whole thing about a Terminator film is that you have this unstoppable force, and that just isn't here. Like, not John Connor. Not you have the like the the melty robot T1000. Is it called? Yeah, I mean, he, he jumps in at the beginning. That was in Terminator. Exactly, and do you know what? This guy was unstoppable. Terrifyingly scary. And this guy, they just stop him. You know, there's a few action sequences where he sort of you know makes makes his moves. And then they just stop him. And it's it's like halfway through the film and you're like, well, is that not the threat then? And it's like, no. And then John Connor comes and it, it's it's all, I can't, it's hard to, it's hard to sort of convey how when John Connor turns up, it's kind of like, oh, John, hi, here's another <laughs> plot thing. And it's like, oh, right, John Connor. And they're all a bit like, oh, wow. And then he turns out to be a Terminator that sort of does it, it's and it's not an interesting you know how like you had the first one terminator just an absolute monster then you had melty terminator really good then the third one i know we tried something it didn't quite work this one it seems like he can just sort of i don't know his particles move around it, it's just not very interesting and it's not very threatening and at no point do you feel like this is the unstoppable force that you feel in the first and second film the cgi is not I wouldn't say particularly great, really, as you did, it, it's dated a bit already. But it, it's you can have as many trucks exploding if you're not bothered at all. You're not invested and you don't think that anything's going to happen. It, it, it's just a waste of time. And that's what that that's the biggest problem for this is that it's an it's a not exciting. It's an unexciting Terminator film. And you are bored during the action sequences. There's a lot of like things dangling and they're in a room and how are we going to get out the room and then someone comes in and boom and we got to run out of the room and it doesn't build it doesn't set itself up you know like that bit in terminator 2 you remember those actually those set pieces where they're going along on the bike and he's you know flipping the shotgun and firing it and then they finally you know they have a big build-up where they get all the guns and stuff this just pays lip service to that and it, and it does the worst thing possible which it does callbacks to the original two which reminds you of how good it, the first two were and this does not have any any of the sort of the tension or action, just 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 actual sort of like 
ability to create an, in, an involving action sequence that those two films had. Because those two films are classics. And this is really, I mean, let's call it what it is. It's just a cash grab. Okay. So, Gav, this is a, a cash grab. And at that, an uninteresting explosion fest. Now, that should be uh, that should be a bit of a paradox, but but it, it sounds like that's the case. Tell me about action, Gav. Uh, well, I think it is a cash grab. Of course it is. You know, it's essentially a fifth Terminator film. It's, it's but you know, so uh, Aliens or, you know, The Mandalorian or Bone Alone, you know, they were, <laughs> they were all great. <laughs> but what makes this film I'm worthwhile? deducting your points. <laughs> <laughs> Partly because he's dressed like a dog. Or... <laughs> I think that's a bear. It's a bear. Is it a bear? bear? Oh, Sorry. Sorry. Now, it's, what makes this film so worthwhile is that it capitalizes on this sort of like cash grab factor. You know, it doesn't try and remake the original like scene for scene, like The Force Awakens did with A New Hope. It's creating a new relevant film by reinvesting and altering moments and scenes that are already established and then injecting them with extra explosions. You know, what, what more do you want? I, I, I would disagree with Alex about not caring for any of the characters. We'll probably go into more detail later on about characters. But I think you are invested and I do think that there is that element of tension because it's unpredictable in the other Terminator films, right? After you've watched the first one, you know when you watch the second one, you're going to have the same unstoppable killing machine after you, that you you know, you you can't stop and there's that tension ramped up. And that's been the same everyone since. With this one, it's different because there's that unpredictability. Like you arrive in 1984, you think you know what's going to happen because you've already seen Terminator 1, but it's vastly different. Instead, we've got a T-1000 there waiting for Kyle Reese you know, and then Sarah Connor pitches up and then, you know, it's where do you go from there? I, I don't John think Connor, the writer's new, to be honest. No, John Connor, <laughs> like, is the, is the introduction of, like, the perfect blend of man and machine. He's like the T-3000 or whatever he's called. It's essentially like nanobites, essentially like uh, Iron Man's uh, armor in, in the in the end game. Uh, so every, different particles of him essentially can, you know, collapse and then reform. And, you know, he's he is absolutely terrifying and what makes him so terrifying is because he's got a lot of his human elements still he still has all of his old memories and all of his old characteristics he's able to kind of blend in even more so than you know the t-800 or the t-1000 because you know he knows how to be a human because he was a human he lulls them into a false sense of security by making them believe that he is the old john connor only to strike and you know it turns out he's not he's a terminator and then from then on he's absolutely unstoppable with regards to the rest of the action, this is a summer blockbuster, as Joel said before. You know, it's a summer blockbuster. It's meant to be big, fun, exciting, lots of explosions. And it does that. It delivers it in spades. And at the heart, it, is, it acts to, like, breathe new life into an old franchise, which I think it does very well. The action's fast-paced. It's regular. It's exciting. It's fun. We're, we're treated to retakes of classic scenes, including the T-800's arrival, but we're injected with new action. So instead of murdering three street punks, we get a T-800 battle. So it's two versions of Arnold Schwarzenegger battling each other. That's new. It's interesting. We're given new but familiar action, including Kyle Reese battling Byung Hun Lee's T-1000, which I think is, once again, very exciting. And then there's plenty of new action as well with familiar characters in it and in exciting situations and scenarios like a helicopter battle, a school bus chase, uh, lots of lovely explosions. You know, I think it's a very good action film and it keeps you engaged throughout. We get in new and interesting takes on already established characters and plot points. 
like using acid to melt the T1000 or using an MRI scanner to de destabilize a Terminator and finding out what happens when you attempt to transport metal through the time travel device. This is all interesting stuff that's building on lore from previous films and it does it in a really interesting way whilst injecting more action and explosions and fun. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, so I've heard plenty about action now. Um but I want to hear about these characters. You know, Gav just said that, you know, it's interesting takes on these established characters in the Terminator franchise. Um, you've told me that Amelia Clark is Sarah Connor. You've told me that Jack Courtney is Kyle Reese. I presume Schwarzenegger is, is one of the T-800s. Um, both of them. In fact. Both of the T-800s, <laughs> even better. Ozzy, I'm going to come to you. Tell me about the cast and character. I know these people are in it, but are they any good? And who else is worth of a mention here? Well, I mean, like I mentioned earlier, is that the, I mean, the opening scene, like automatically, you're you're you come across two sort of familiar characters from the first two films mm -hmm. in name only. You know, like you've got John Connor, you know, the scared kid from Terminator Two, and then you've got Kyle Reese, the weedy, who's just a, <laughs> a weedy man from uh, from a the weedy man, Michael Bean. Michael Bean is not a weedy man. Michael Bean. <laughs> no, he's not like a... Is a hero. <laughs> I mean, well, he is at the end of the film, yeah. But, you know, these are people who... They, they've. I think you developed... They, they actually, you developed throughout the film here. So, through Terminator 1 and 2. Then I'm watching this one. They are completely different characters, which in, its, in itself, you know, is maybe a bit interesting. Ooh, what the fuck's happened here to make these guys so, so different? So, yeah, you're a little bit invested. You know, he's covered in all his scars. Uh, John Connor is. But he's kind of like typical know-it-all army man. You know, almost like the baddie from um, Small Soldier. You know, the, the, the general from Small Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's got a scar and he just knows everything. He's, <laughs> he kind of is. This is like, this is the battle plan. This is what we're going to do. And, and everything he says is going to happen. You know, it's just... Completely perfect. Everything that he, he's just in charge. <laughs> then they, then you know, then they they go back, and then you meet you met with uh, Amelia Clark again. Completely different character to what you were expecting of um, of Sarah Connor at that timeline. You know, for where they've gone to visit her, she should be not knowing anything about Terminators, and it's so so yeah, it throws us on ahead, and then they're expected to like. They are the love interest, you know, uh, Kyle Reese and, and her are the love interest. And it is just, it's just not believable. Like there's no chemistry. And, and I think that's what really upsets it. Nobody seems to have any chemistry off anyone, Arnie. He's basically just phoning it in. It's like, yeah, yeah he's, I'm back, he's an I'm android, back, I'm you know being... what I mean? It's like, he's not I expected know, but... to have chemistry. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like in Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. Next Arnie... you're going to be saying that Joel doesn't have any chemistry with any of us. Well, I mean, he's you know he's quite robot. -like. Welcome back, Joel. <laughs> but you know, Joel Joel's got com comedic timing, and he's you know he, he works at it, and he does well. Whereas Arnie, you know, he, he didn't even need the job. He just was. He's just on. He's just there. And don't get me wrong; it's nice to have him in a film. It's good, but he's not. He's no longer acting. Even acting as far as Arnold Schwarzenegger goes, you know what I mean? He's just dialing it in he's basically doing an impression of himself it's all just a little bit naff you know and then um it just felt to me like it had it had potential but nobody really lived up to it i don't know whether it was writing or the acting yeah we've seen these actors in other things do a great job be believable and i wonder whether you know a, a little bit of it's just that suspension of disbelief that how can 
that they just don't do as good a job in this as they've done in other things. So you you never truly believe that they're the character they're playing. Um, I think that that was it for me. It was just a little bit lackluster. It's not going to win the six Oscars that uh, that Gav. That wasn't true. To in this. Yeah. <laughs> no, it in an alternate timeline, Dave. <laughs> uh, I want to come to you now, Joel. Uh, tell me a bit more. But I mean, the characters, as he's basically saying, it's kind of irrelevant whether the characters are any good, whether the performances are good, whether the development is any good, because it's all second fiddle to the action, which we've already discussed. But uh, I'd like to get your opinion on it. Anyone here noteworthy performance-wise? Um, I mean, I, I agree to kind of a basic extent, but what I do disagree with is, is Arnie. You know, I think he's really good in this because I think, you know, the Terminator is possibly the role that he was born to play, you know, and he, he does it really well. And I think he carries on doing it well here. Even in the bad Terminator films, I would always say that Arnie has been relatively consistent. And I think, again, that's the case here. I think Amelia Clark does pretty well as you know as well jai courtney like i don't think i've ever seen a film with him in it where i thought he's ever been good so i can't say like i can't say he does anything of note to be to be perfectly honest like i just don't enjoy him as an actor i don't know what it is i think like you know gav like gets wound up by brad pitt i think jai courtney is that for me (laughs) Um, but you know, coincidentally, he, he messaged the other day to say he's a really big fan of the show, especially of you. <laughs> <laughs> He'll to be, be honest, it wouldn't change my mind. Um, He'll be devastated. You know, Matt Baker, fresh off the one show, like he's he's pretty, <laughs> he's pretty decent. Um, you know, his, his character is, I would say, like quite unique in a way. Like he's not just like a generic, stereotypical action character. He's he's definitely got like a bit of an edge to him and I like the look of him as well. Like he, he doesn't really look like, you know, when you think of Matt Smith, you think of like Doctor Who, whereas this guy's like I don't don't really know how to describe it. But. It's not like in, in his contract, every film he appears and he's got to wear a bow tie. <laughs> but, uh, you're meant to be on my side, Gav, you prick. <laughs> oh, I'm you sorry, back. I've just missed you, man. I've just missed you. <laughs> uh, you've got J.K. Simmons in here. Um, ah, you've got, sweet. You've got why, why has B no bands. one dropped the J.K. Simmons bomb before now? <laughs> <laughs> uh, his role isn't, it doesn't show the best side of J.K. Simmons. Don't, I'll don't, say that. Don't <laughs> <from> it. Um, <laughs> it's supposed to be the defense. <laughs> <laughs> he can't lie. <laughs> <laughs> but I, at the end of the day, I agree with Ozzy. You know, it, I watched the Terminator to see people being terminated. Um, <laughs> uh, and that is what happens here. But one thing that I do just want to quickly hop back to is that. You know, the T-3000 the that Gav mentioned and Alex and Austin both said that there's no peril, they're all overpowered. I would strongly, strongly disagree with that because I think the T-3000 is probably the most powerful Terminator that there's ever been, like on the screen, even on like the more recent one than this. Um, and I think all, all at the end of the day, all you need to care about is Sarah Connor, who's who's Amelia Clark, and you know she she pulls that role off absolutely fine and you do care about her you want her to survive um so yeah i think that the cast and the characters are absolutely fine you know if, we, if we're going to break them down obviously there isn't a whole lot of meat and gravy to them but you know that half of them are cannon fodder and that, that's what you sign up for with a film like this fair enough okay um anyone got anything to add on cast or character alex cast or characters yeah. Um, I, I, I'd agree with Joel on Jai Courtney. I think that guy's, he had a swing and a miss with Die Hard 5 and he's had a swing and a miss with Terminator Genesis. <laughs> oh, I Genesis. he was in that. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's got to stop, people have got to stop putting him in action franchises 
and just say, do you know what I mean? He's like, he's like, what about Bruce? Did you say you liked him in uh, Suicide Squad? Oh yeah, Boomerang. <laughs> I'd forgotten he was Boomerang. Another another franchise that he's like put put one in the ear of basically like Jay Courtney is just like death oh come on action don't, don't, don't lay that on his I'm sorry Jay I'm sorry right he's, uh, he's back in the second one you know <laughs> is he really he really no, isn't I, he's, I re- say, he's really not gonna like this episode that right now. <laughs> I would say Arnie is underused I wouldn't say he's particularly bad but he's underused he's given quite a lot of exposition to do so there's a lot of times when everyone's like what the hell is happening? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because no one knows what's happening. And only it's like, it's an algorithm that makes sense if you know me, if you're as clever as I am. And you just have to go, like, okay, it doesn't make mm. sense, but okay, <laughs> if Arnie says so. Uh, Amelia Clark, I do not think is very good in it, to be honest. I don't think she's bad. But the problem is, she's just not Linda Hamilton. And, you know, that's the problem with the film. It's like you're watching cosplay. You just do not believe that Jai Courtney is Kyle Reese, and you don't believe that Amelia Clark is Lin- is uh, Linda Hamilton. But do you know what I mean? Like, is Sarah Connor? You just don't. I mean, for, for one thing, she's about like five foot, and y- y- you just don't believe really that she's much of a threat. And the characters are ridiculously interest- uh, uninteresting. They're like it seems like she Amelia Clark is playing Sarah Connor like a bit of a petulant child. She's got this weird relationship with Pops, the Arnie which just isn't really delved into. Maybe it was and it hit the editing floor. But I, I'd agree with, I think, something Ozzy said, that there's maybe a smidgen of potential in this film, but the way it was edited and the way it was made, just it, it just kills any interest you have in it. And um, yeah, so I mean, that's the problem with the, I didn't believe they were who they were pretending to be because they're not. Do you know what I mean? Linda Hamilton is Sarah Connor and Michael Bean is Kyle Reese. And it, and they do and and it's a very hard to pull off that role. And Amelia Clark could didn't do it, and Jay Courtney certainly didn't do it. And um, they're the they're the central roles. And if you don't believe they are who they say they are, then it doesn't matter what you tell me. It doesn't matter how convoluted your timelines are. I'm not invested at all. What was the okay. rating of the film in the end? Maybe that's why I ended up editing. Yeah, maybe this wasn't like because Terminator One was what a fifteen. 18, 18, 18. 18. Well, in Terminator 1, you saw Arnie's arse and the clear definition of his dong, whereas in this, it was all shadows, so it's a much lower rating, I'll tell you that right now. I think, and, right. and do you know what? That was my argument later, so thanks, guys. <laughs> At least that's out there. Now. At least that's, that's out there in the ether. I just realised, looking at my notes, no one's actually told me who plays uh, John Connor. Who, John who Connor is played by Jason Clark. Jason Clark, oh, yeah. thank you very so much. I, 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 will, I, I like know, Jason Clark. Uh, because, you brought um, in this. I, I know technically we've just had three prosecutions back to back there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, can, can I just say that like, I think Jai Courtney and Amelia Clark do a good job here. I think they're both capable. They essentially step into the shoes of familiar characters and they're not, they, I do, didn't find them distracting at all. You know, I'm able to sit down and watch the film and just take it at face value. And, you know, they didn't pull focus away from me. Uh, they also just put their own stamp onto the characters. You know, as Joel said, it's an alternate timeline, so you can have a bit of room for manoeuvre there as well. Uh, but I, I think they did a good job. I don't think they, they did a particularly bad job, as, as Alex and Co are saying. Um, I would like to talk about Jason Clark a bit. I, th- I thought he was fantastic, as I said before. I think this is probably the best villain since, you know, Robert Patrick. 
it, it's probably the most powerful feeling. We can say Robert, of... <laughs> <laughs> Robert Patterson. It's Robert Patterson. He plays this as like a sort of Jekyll and Hyde character because he's essentially part man, part robot. There's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of understanding and pathos there. And I, I thought he did a really good job. It's sort of like he's being pulled either side. Um, and as Joel said before about Matt Baker or Matt Smith, I think that he is a good intro- introduction as well because it gives you more of an insight into Skynet. You know, as I said before, it yearns to be human and even goes as far as taking on the human form of Matt Smith. We get more information on what why Judgment Day was brought about. It wants to bring humans and machines together as one to evolve in some uni- uniform sentience, but it can't understand why the humans would fight against that. The idea of having, you know, regenerative abilities or, you know, unparalleled um, knowledge, you know, why would they want to remain as individuals with flaws and weaknesses? That's what it doesn't understand, and that's what it's trying to create with John Connor. So okay. this is why the introduction of John Connor is, is brilliant because it's the perfect blend of human and machine. He has all of his old memories, but he has the powers and advancements of a machine as well. And just finally, just want to talk about Arnie's character, the T-800 in it. I think this brilliant character development here. I don't care what Ozzy says. He's full of shit. In Terminator 2, we're showing the Terminator can learn human traits. Here, we're showing that it can even learn human emotions as well. He's essentially raised Sarah Connor since she was nine. There is a lot of development there. I think Alex has just missed it. It goes into a lot of detail about, you know, how he was there. He was the one who supported her and like looked it after her. Personal. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like those that, that scene when Pops is taking her up the aisle and, you know, she's graduating and Arnie's there and do you know what I mean at a first dance and he's dancing with her because no one don't took be to the ridiculous they're too busy fighting <laughs> when they're baking a cake and they're throwing flour each other and stuff like that. No, no, but, but, but what we are is that he does really care for it and there's several points throughout where he acts like a protective father and he kind of doubts whether Cal Reese would be a good partner for it you know I, I think there's a lot of good character development here and I think it's probably the, the best character development to the Terminator character that we've ever had in a Terminator film Okay, thank you very much. I mean, that's I'd call that time. I think I've heard everything I'm going to hear. If anyone's got any final points they'd like to make, feel free, but make them concise. Otherwise, very, go on. Go. Very concise. Just just to say, because Gav did say I was full of shit, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say the main bit that Gav's full of shit on is being able to follow any of this plot. Like he seems to have explained it, and it's not it's not clear yeah. at all. And I'm not sure whether that's because I think it's a couple of things. It's because it's so complicated, but also it's because you've just stopped caring at least 20 minutes in and you just really not interested. And you know, that thing about like, is he going to go back? Is there a new timeline? You know, by the end when Matt Smith comes back again and he's Skynet and he's, and he's explaining that he wants to have some sort of symbiosis of man and machine, you're not, your brain's completely switched off and you're not, you're not paying any attention. And that's why Gav's full of shit. <laughs> I, I had I to mean, briefly uh, leave the room but I just came back that. <laughs> I bookended it Gav I knew, I knew you came back in so I wanted to, <laughs> the main thrust of my argument was, was what you <laughs> I mean I did say at the start I wanted this to get personal but you know I'm regretting <laughs> that now <laughs> um, and I'm going to call it there I think I've heard everything I need to hear got my notes um, if, unless anyone's got anything to add I say we go into a quiz if anyone's got one do we have a yeah, quiz I certainly have uh, so this quiz is is pretty much all about Terminator. So I'm going to start off pretty easy. I think everybody will get this. Um, so what model of Terminator is Arnie? T800. Uh, I think that was Gav. 
I, I genuinely didn't say anything, but I'll have to oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was Aussie then. Okay, so I'll be really impressed if anyone gets this one. We've gone from like really easy to really difficult. What was the title of the original film in Poland? <laughs> oh, it's called Electronicny Mordeka. So Electric Death, is it? The electric, in front of you. The, the electric murderer, it was yeah. called. Why are you oh, reading yeah, that off Medica. your wall? Oh, have yeah, you got it on the... Uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah I've got a poster of it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> is that the Russian poster? That, no, no, it's, it's, the, it's the Polish poster for the TV. He deserves that point. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah, just for having the poster, yeah. I know. Well, I didn't think anybody would get that so well done. Let alone have the poster in front of you. So what year was the original Terminator sent from? Oh, sent from oh, 2025. Close. 2026. Closer. 2027. <laughs> Even closer. 2029. Well done. <laughs> oh, so you had one chance there. <laughs> <laughs> you let Gav steal the point. Okay. Um, what did humans use to detect a Terminator? Bam. Metal detector. The bad news is that we found a Terminator, but the good news is we found 10p on the beach. Um, uh, use dogs. They do, they or use magnet. dogs. Okay. <laughs> two good suggestions there to be fair yeah it's like if everyone walks in a room and someone suddenly hits the ceiling <laughs> just a really friendly dog and everyone just blows the guy, blows the guy away he just is nice to dogs I'll be surprised if you've got the poster for this one up on your wall what is the Terminator porn parody called <laughs> Terminator. <laughs> yeah. The Sperminator. That, that is a good name, but it's incorrect. Is it not? Uh, the Terminator. <laughs> that oh, oh, that's awful. Oh, I don't God. want to know what you want. Terminator. <laughs> I mean, these are great names to be fair, but also wrong. <laughs> what about the the masturbator? <laughs> uh, so I'll give you a clue, like. <laughs> it, it's the art of putting the penis inside a lady. The penetrator. The penetrator. Uh, well done, the uh, art. That doesn't even sound. Of putting the penis inside a <laughs> <the> lady. <laughs> penetrator. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell. The clue tell. is the art of putting a penis in a lady, and the answer five across is. Penetrate. Alex, 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 was that how you uh, described it when you had to do sex ed? <laughs> oh, man. We have missed Joel so much on this. Podcast. I mean, to be fair, Bruce, he got it straight away. Didn't yeah, he? Did, he did. He did. It, he did. It probably was it was because of the uh, good scientific meaning behind exactly. it. Um, okay, so number six <laughs> adjusted for inflation, what is Arnie's biggest box office hit? Terminator 2. Terminator 2. <laughs> it is Terminator 2. Does anyone know what his second one was? Batman and Robin. <laughs> I wish, Ozzy. <laughs> um, um, Terminator 3. It was... Um, <laughs> <I forgot>. <laughs> 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 What's the one where they implant memories into people? Total, Total recall. recall. Total Recall. Um, two... Game of Thrones actresses have played Sarah Connor, which two? Emilia Clark. 
Emilia Clark and Lena Heady. Heady, Lena Heady. Yeah. Was she in the fourth one? No, she was no, in she the was Sarah in... Chronicles TV yeah. series. Which one's Lena Heady? Sorry, Cersei. Cersei. Oh, she's the queen. Yeah. Oh right. Okay. Uh, so James, dread. James Cameron was um, the first director to have two unrelated films take over a billion at the box office. Who was the other one? Avatar. Avatar? Titanic. Titanic. Yeah, you're asking for the other director. No, I'm director. asking for the other oh. director, yeah. And with um, what, what the films? The Russo brothers? No, those would be related films, you biff. <laughs> oh, right. Oh, 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 sorry, it was just because the question was so poorly constructed. <laughs> um, Spielberg? Spielberg. Uh, no, so I'll, I'll give you a clue. It's another huge action franchise, and there's another one Is coming out. Is it Christopher out Nolan? Soon. No. Oh, uh, Peter Jackson. Bruce, you, you're a big fan. Fast James and the Furious, Wong. James Wan is correct. Yeah. Ah. Uh, so it's Fast and Furious 7 and Aquaman, surprisingly. Oh, oh so he's back to back, sorry. Um, so, and then question 10. This was released in 2015. What was the best selling film that year? Oh, 2015. Obviously, this. Not, not Terminator Genesis. <laughs> yeah, we've um, actually already mentioned the film already. Oh, is it? Is it? Oh, I was it Avengers one. It was The Force Awakens. Ah, um, right, of course. So, Gav, I think you won that one pretty easily. Well, and I'll front. give you extra points just for getting the penetrator right as well. <laughs> <laughs> extra points as well for the only Polish poster I've got in my room being a determinant. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Joel. That was great. Um, so, yeah, I've had a bit of time to, to mull over my notes. Uh, so what I'm coming back to here with this one is that, you know, it's it's an action film and everyone said the action is is for the most part pretty good. I think Alex disagreed and said the Alex is, uh, the Alex is pretty bad. The action the Alex is pretty good. <laughs> the Alex is pretty mundane. <laughs> <laughs> the action is pretty mundane. Um, it, you know, you just moves from set piece to set piece. You know, he said the, the plot is unintelligible and it's not fun. And an action film like this, you know, as Gav said, this is a summer blockbuster. This should be exciting. It should be fast paced. It should be fun. It should keep you interesting through the action sequences, if nothing else. So there was a bit of doubt sown there for me. Um, you know, the performances seem to be OK. What we kind of came back to here is that the performances don't matter. The performances were all right. Arnie's okay. Uh, I understood. Emilia Clark, very clever casting, seeing as Game of Thrones is at its peak. Doesn't necessarily mean she was great in it, from, but I think the general consensus was she's all right. Jai Courtney didn't fare so well. J.K. Simmons, you had me and then you lost me almost straight away. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Smith, I think, you know, is basically playing the personification of Alexa. Seemed to do all right. <laughs> Spot on, Dave. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Genesis just sounds like Alexa, and Skynet just sounds like Google right now. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, yeah, your prophetic uh, leanings about our, our upcoming uh, destruction of the hands of the machines aside, it does seem like the plot gets a bit convoluted, uh, and it's a time travel. You know, time travel is, you know, as we saw with Tenet last year it is so easy to get convoluted and as alex said just because it's um complicated doesn't necessarily mean it's clever you know it's it's not hard to mess up timelines and make them intricate overly intricate especially when you've turned up to see an action film and you're possibly dis- uh, disappointed the cgi is already dated according to alex um so yeah performance is okay um it seems to throw the audience a curveball with these characters, though, and that does worry me. These are established characters. The Terminator franchise is beloved. That's why they're still making films now, you know, 20, 30 years on. 
you can't rehash too much. You want to invigorate it. You want to inject new life into it. And you're going to have to recast characters sooner or later. But to completely rehash it and, you know, to keep referencing those first films, as this one seems to do, you know, refilming scenes, recreating scenes, it just reminds you of what you could have had and what you did have a few years ago. And it's just kind of lost to you now and kind of lost in a, a mire of explosions and poor character development, I think. Was, and Jai Courtney. consensus uh it is a cash grab we all agreed on that but i think the callbacks to the first film may have done it a disservice and i think the recasting of characters and trying to put too much of a stamp on these beloved characters i don't think is going to do it any favors and although i think the action sequences could be worth a watch there's nothing else here everyone said the script the direction the performances all fall by the wayside and as ozzy said play second fiddle to the action and it needs something else you know that that'll get you a summer blockbuster that'll make you money but overall the reception of your film says you need to have a go at the other things and it just seems like it doesn't i don't ask for much but i ask that they try and it doesn't seem like they did here for that reason it's going on the shit list okay uh, very well summed up there dave honest opinions alex yeah it's appalling it's on the right list. It's, it's a really boring watch. I didn't even go into script, which is what I was... I mean, it sums it up that there's a bit where John Connor and they've realized that it's their son. So Cal Reese and Sarah Connor in the room with John Connor, who's technically their son. And he's going and he's going like, Skynet will rule the world. And she like gets a grenade launcher out and says, rule this, and then fires it at him. And you're just like, fuck. Like, <laughs> I'm really? regretting my decision now. <laughs> it's, uh, it's an appalling watch. It's really boring. And it just, it kicks the uh, franchise that you really loved in the balls. And I hate it for that. <laughs> uh, I'll see. It's your agree with Alex. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe not with as much disdain as Alex did, but um, yeah, I didn't find it at all engrossing to be honest with you I, I, I really wanted it to because I, I had nothing to do yesterday <laughs> the film, so I really wanted it to be good and yeah. yeah I just didn't think like it was yeah I, I would agree with Alex to be honest I don't think it was very good at all really I think that uh, there was a couple of good ideas in there that just weren't realised I think Alex hit the nail on the head earlier when he mentioned something about you know the, this is an all right film in here, but it, I think it's been masked by edits and cuts. It did feel uh, quite convoluted. There was a lot of questions at the end that I had. And it, 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 we didn't say how it ended, Dave, but essentially it ends with the T-800 dragging John Connor's T-3000 or whatever it's called into the time traveling device or whatever. And as we know from the original films, nothing metal can pass through. That's why the Terminators are, in, are covered in human skin. Um, so they're both metal. They, you know, he pulls them into the time traveling device, and they essentially get ripped to pieces within that. Arnie's T eight hundred gets spat out, and he's a complete wreck, you know, because he's just been pulled apart in this time traveling device. He lands in. It just looked like a nearby pool of water, and then that's it. He's dead. You know what I mean? This light goes off in his eye, and then we have this this bit later on where they're like, "Oh, he died," you know, but he died saving us, and then he just rips open a door and like, no, I'm all right. I'm a, I'm a T-1000 now, you know, just like Robert Patrick. It's all good. And everyone's like, yay, let's go. And that's never explained. And I, and I went online to try and figure out like what the hell happened. <laughs> I, like, and I couldn't find an answer to it anywhere. I, cu- I could not find it to no, listeners. No, no one knows, man. Not even the writer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? No one. 
No one cared. They were just like, that'll be cool. No, exactly. That's what it felt like, though. So, listeners, if anybody does know what the fuck happened at the end there, can you please clarify? Send us a DM on Twitter. Just let us know what the fuck happened at the end of Terminator Genesis. Anyway, uh, Joel? Well, uh, I was Googling this film, and... um... Apparently they were sharing this the you know the film studio with who was it? It was a, it was another film that was completely terrible. Um, I can't remember who it was now, but Amelia Clark was saying that it was one of like her worst experiences of like her acting career working on this film. And like the other film, apparently had T-shirts made that said like at least I'm not working on Terminator or something <laughs> like that. Like, it's a genuinely true story. Like look it up. But I mean that just shows. That just um, sums it up. It reminded me of Super Mario Brothers uh, when Bob Hoskins said he just had to be pissed for the entire, <laughs> <laughs> for the entire, entire six months when he filmed it. So, yeah, it, it's terrible. Okay, so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Raw Deal, which scored 29 and 29. On Amazingly, I'm going to say lower. I'm actually going to say lower. I'm going to go higher. I reckon it, there's some hardcore fans who love Terminator who might raise the, no, the bar. I would say one. the hardcore fans would be why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the hardcore fans would probably be the most pissed off. Uh, so it is lower for critical, 27%. Oof. Quite damning that. But it is higher for audience. So it's got 52. So not much higher though, you know. Um, I do think it was a bit of a slap in the face to a lot of people. <laughs> but uh, anyway, right, our next film has been pulled out of the hat at random and it is Conan the Barbarian. So uh, judging that film is going to be Joel and in defense is going to be Alex and myself and in prosecution is going to be Dave and Ozzy. And this will be the end of our Arnold Schwarzenegger month. And uh, Jesus Christ, Maybe the only opportunity for Arnold Schwarzenegger a film on the list. <laughs> no, it's almost like he's a common denominator, really, isn't it? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's forget. almost like every film he's in. Let's not forget know? though, Jingle All the Way is a hit. Right, that's on the hit list, mate, and that is the that is the staple. You you compare that. I mean, Wolf of Wall Street isn't on the hit list, but Jingle All the Way is. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I, I maintain that shouldn't be. <laughs> uh, anyway, you put Wolf of Wall Street on the shit list. It was me, when right? It was me. Yeah, yeah. It was <laughs> I put it on there. I apologise, but you know what? I like to base my decisions on the argument that's put to me, unlike well, some of you cop-outs. I seem to remember that you put it on the shit list for moral reasons. Not at all film related. Let's whatsoever. not get bogged down. Or why, like or why not? Like. I would like to get bogged down. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think what, let's right. make this a two-hour episode and really bog ourselves down. <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> what why don't you go back and listen to that episode and you're not concerned about it uh, while you're at it. You can listen to fucking Suspiria. <laughs> anyway, yeah, and Gattaca. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think at some point we're gonna have to put out our best hits, which are essentially just gonna be like all of the terrible the meltdown episodes, <laughs> <laughs> the meltdown series, the meltdown yeah. series <laughs> when we completely lost our shit on films on trial. <laughs> right, anyway, right. Thank you very much for everybody who's listened to this. Really appreciate it. If you've liked it, please give us a like, share, and a subscribe. Why not leave us a nice review? on Apple Podcasts. If you want to check us out for more content, go on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk. Check us out on Twitter at Film Trials or Facebook, YouTube, and or Instagram, Films on Trial. So that is it. Thank you very much, everybody. 
Terminator Genesis is a shit. I mean, come on, we could all probably see that coming, but it, it is. Uh, but we're going to be in your ears next week with Conan the Barbarian. So, goodbye. I mean, like, how can you watch the Terminator and discuss the Terminator without discussing Arnold Schwarzenegger's dick? I know. Hey, welcome back, man. Welcome back. <laughs> what, what, an old opening, what an opening phrase. <laughs> 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 it's a fair point, though.